chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm delighted to have Anneser Lane on the show today. Lady E is the CEO of Ease to Access, LLC, a speaker, an author, and a John Maxwell Certified Life Coach. If you like this episode today, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a five-star rating. So, Anneser Lane, or Lady E, as you are affectionately called by so many, welcome to the Something Extra podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. We've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I'm glad that we were able to do this. But we, you and I were just talking. We And I always like to tell our listeners, Lady E, about connections. You and I have so many people in common, probably people that we haven't even discussed in common that we both know, but we both love Lethea Owens, right? Shout yes, out to Lethea. Lethea. Yes. Shout out to Lethia. Yes. Shout out to Adrian Bracey, Karen Hoffman, yes. uh, Kathy Lambert, lots of amazing women. So I'm just so excited. And we've got so much to talk about. I told you we're going to talk about parakeets and we're going to talk about mother-in-law tongue and we're going to talk about <laughs> identity crisis. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. But I know you did not grow up in St. Louis. You're a native of Chicago. Tell me a little bit about your growing up years. I grew up in a very strict household. We were Pentecostals, and I'm going to say it like this. I'm very straightforward and to the point. Everything was a sin. And so I grew up somewhat in a box. Everything was church, school, and that's it. Church mm -hmm. and school. There were no parties, no skating, no, you know, nothing like that. If it wasn't centered around church, it pretty much wasn't allowed. But I grew up in humble beginnings. I had a mother and a father in the home, and I'm grateful to God for that. I have two sisters older than me. I'm the baby. You're the baby, right? Yes. So that means I was the sponge that watched and learned and listened and paid attention and was left out and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Chicago. But I, of course, went to school there. But I got married and moved to St. Louis. And I was 19 years old at that time. So at 18 years old, I 
became impregnated with my son, single parent situation. And that's Andre, is that right? Andre, yes. Andre. Yes, that's the love of my life. And I, I tell him all the time that he changed my life because I was going the wrong way. I was really, I was lost. I was lost. I knew, I didn't have an understanding of why I acted the way I acted. But now I know it it was like a an identity crisis. I didn't get along with my mother very well. And honestly, I didn't like her because she was super strict and everything was no. So growing up, everything was no. That was the word. And so I accepted no for an answer and I stopped expecting anything. So I stopped asking. So I get pregnant with Andre and he changed my life because I love children. And the only thing I ever wanted to do was be somebody's wife and a mother. I had no career aspirations because I'd been told I would never accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to be a wife and a mother. And so Andre was born. He changed my life because I couldn't experiment on the drugs anymore because I had to take care of my baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to God for him. He's He'll be 46 in a couple of months. And I'm just grateful. And I tell him all the time, thank you for saving my life. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So that's the Chicago story in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. Now I have tears streaming down my face here. That's a beautiful story. I mean, there's so much packed in there. I mean, he gave you a purpose to live for greater mm-hmm. than yourself, Lady E. And that's what I yeah. see so many times. I mean, you're the coach. I'm not a coach, but I know you would, you would agree with this. If you are just living for yourself in life, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty sad existence, right? Right. You're not living at all. Yes. yes. You're not really living at all. One of the things that I say, I don't think anyone is a oops. People oh. would have called him a oops. I was shunned. I was sat down. I was looked at some kind of way at 18, being pregnant, out of wedlock. But my son was not a mistake. Right. It, there was purpose in that. No doubt about it. Yes. No doubt about it. And I know you're a strong woman of faith. I am too. I believe that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made and that God has a purpose. I'll give a shout out to another dear sister, Michelle Sweet. Her husband, Ron, is the campus pastor for the crossing in St. Louis and Fenton. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget her saying one time, she said, you know, anyone can have sex. Yeah. But it takes God to make a baby. <laughs> so when you are pregnant with a baby, that yes. was God, God, you know, and yes. uh, because truly it's him that makes that mm-hmm. happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So much packed in there. And you mentioned identity crisis and I want to, get into that because I think there's so many people I've had times in my life where I've had an identity crisis. I probably still have to work on that lady E, but you know, I want to dig into that, but you've got another delight in your life and you've either got five or six. I'm not really sure. Grandsons. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. I have six beautiful. I call them gorgeous grandsons. I'm Gigi, gorgeous granny. 
<laughs> and my grandsons are my gorgeous grandsons. They're my GGs. <laughs> I love it. I hope you have a T-shirt with that on it. You know? I will have to, no, I don't. I think I'll have to work on that. <laughs> you need to work on that. I'm sure we can find a T-shirt person somewhere that will yes. uh, make you a T-shirt. Yeah. So, and then you say you've got so many you were not a teacher by profession. You actually went into nursing. You're nursing by education. But, you know, you say that I've been, what I realize is I've been teaching for 40 years. So I guess that's probably, you say you have got a lot of pseudo adopted children. I do. <laughs> they I call know. you Mama Niza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I can't count them. I, I have so many children. And my husband, sometimes he'll come home. He said, how many children do you have? These people come in the funeral home. How's Mama Nisa? Tell Mama Nisa I said hi. He said, I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, yes. what a legacy. What a legacy, Lady Ian. I know you never say that about yourself, but you're making an impact. And you never know. Somebody said recently, you know, it's like it's like that pebble in the water. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that ripple effect. So you make an impact on one person mm -hmm. and then that person goes on. They've got a sphere of influence, right? That's right. They are making a difference. So I just love that. But you're nursed by education. Here's something else that probably people that know you know this, but if people don't know you, you're a gospel recording artist, songwriter. I watch a <laughs> YouTube of you singing Girl, you brought the house down. My goodness, you have got a beautiful voice. Thank you. I assume that that probably came from being in church Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> every revival, every, yes, convocations and everything. I was there. Yes. Yes. And my father, my father was a absolutely, he had the most beautiful tenor voice. And I would compare it to Nat King Cole. Mm. He played the guitar. So that I, I have a very rich musical background in my family, you know. Mm -hmm. Did your sister sing too? Yeah, we sang together. You sang together. You yes. had a trio, probably. At yeah, one we time. had a trio, yes. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Well, you know what? Something you and I have in common. I grew up singing too. I grew up singing in the church when I was four. Mm -hmm. And I guess our accompanist figured out that I could carry a tune, you know, in a bucket. And she, she started working with me. And so they would stand me up on the piano bench, you know, because I was so tiny, you know. But I remember Lady E, boy, if you want to learn harmony, the old hymns. Oh, yes. Right? In those shape notes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. A that uh, was just the great way to do it. And so our pastor, you know, we grew up in a little country church, but he would, he would just say, Lisa, why don't you come on up here and sing us a solo, you know, and <laughs> Wednesday night, Sunday. So anyway, I did not go into music. People thought that I probably would do that, but I still, I mean, music is oh, yes. one of those languages that God uses. Yes. I told you this morning that I, heard the song, I Speak Jesus by Charity Gale. And I said, Alexa, repeat, repeat. And I was just playing it over <laughs> and over. But, you know, music is one of those things that has always inspired me and spoken yeah. to me. Yes. Music soothes. I call it music that soothes the soul. Yeah. 
Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Well, I should have you break out in song here <laughs> <laughs> and sing something. Yeah. But it's uh, too early in the morning. It's too early. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're a gospel recording artist, but you decided at one point that you know, you really did love the teaching and the coaching and you figured out, I, Hey, I've been doing this for 40 years. You went on and got your certification, right? Mm -hmm. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that journey and what kind of was the precipice for that? I mean, what was the light bulb that went off for you that said, you know what? I think I'm going to go do this. I had been traveling all over the United States singing and ministering at conferences mostly. And I got to the point I was not disenfranchised, but it just wasn't filling my soul anymore. I knew that there was something else. It wasn't, I think it wasn't fulfilling me. I love to sing. Don't get me wrong. I love to sing. I never called myself an entertainer. God put an, an anointing on my voice. Mm. When it got to the point that people wanted me to sing, to make them jump up and down and, you know, more entertaining. Entertaining, and mm -hmm. they want me to scream to the top of my voice. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And I really got to the point, I was like, you know, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I, I'm really not enjoying this anymore. And it just so happened that things started dwindling down because of that housing crisis in 2008, 2009. Yes. By 2010, things really kind of leveled off where I didn't have that many engagements to go to. People were canceling because the economy had just went down well, the drain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I was in a place, but in the meantime, in 2005, I had some women come to my home because I had something to say. And when I would speak to people just in passing, they would say, Lady E, you really need to, we need to just come and sit down at your feet. And there was a young lady who would do that exactly, would come to my home and just kind of pull on me to get me to talk. And so I decided, oh, I, I tell you what happened. I was a, I used to be a pastor's wife. And after the divorce, going through what I was going through, that transition, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I didn't know who I could trust with my heart. And I asked God, what, where do people like me go? Where do, where do people like me go? Because I can't go to all of these, these little pastor's wives group, first lady groups and stuff like that. I wasn't interested in all of that first lady stuff. I was interested in being healed and mm -hmm. it was very hard for me. And God just spoke to me and said, you do it. You trust you with your heart. And if you trust you with your heart, then others can trust you with their heart. And so I started this journey and it ended up being called Imagery International Movement because it had to do with the mirror, because that's how God helped me to know who I was. And it's an interesting, different, I've never heard of it. I hear people talk about looking at the person in the mirror, but my experience with this imagery moment that I had, it literally was a thing where God would literally speak to me through me. I heard my voice, but I knew that what I was saying, that was not me, that it was revelation from God. And 
if he could do that with me, how many people could be healed from identity crisis and get to know who they are and why they are and what they're here for and walk in their calling and rock their moxie mm-hmm. unapologetically, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I started with these ladies in my home and it grew. I don't know. At this point, things have kind of mellowed out a little bit and we're reimagining, but mm-hmm. imagery, I think, is a force to be reckoned with. But it's really, it's not for the faint in heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for people who are faint, but they're ready to wake up. Wow. Yeah. So rich. Well, I cannot wait. We need to dig into all of this more. I want to talk about imagery and mirroring and, you know, identity crisis and rocking your moxie. I want to talk about all of it. I want to talk about your new book, but we do need to take a quick break. And we will be right back on the Something Extra podcast with Lady E. Hey there. In a challenging business climate like this, savvy leaders look to technology to find an edge. This can mean the difference between staying ahead of the curve or playing catch up. It's time to collaborate with the highly skilled experts at Technology Partners. Our team of technologists draws upon decades of experience for your project, with each bringing a passion for solving problems and a track record of success. How can we help you overcome your biggest technology challenges? Visit technologypartners.net to book a free consultation with one of our leaders. So welcome back to the Something Extra podcast with Lady E. So Lady E, my goodness, we've got so much to talk about here. I hope that we can cover, at least touch on a lot of things. But you you just kind of left us with a little cliffhanger on the imagery and the mirror. And can you like explain more about that? And you said you looked in the mirror and what came back to you was definitely not your words. You know, it was a supernatural uh, word from the Lord. And so can you tell us just a little bit about that experience? Well, initially, my first imagery moment was not pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. God literally had me get up. And this is in my book. I talk about it. He had me get up, look in the mirror. I was crying so hard. I was so broken to the point that it felt like the lobes in the back of my head were literally pulling apart. And I got up, God said, look, he said, look in the mirror. What do you see? And my words was, I look like a monkey. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm never going to amount to anything. I just went, I just went total negative in everything I had been taught. That's what I saw. And he had me turn the water on. He didn't tell me. I just simultaneously did this clean towel squeezed it out, put it over my face, took a deep breath, wiped my face. And God said, look again. Now, what do you see? And something in my spirit woke up and I said, I am a woman after God's heart. I'm beautiful. I'm a woman for God's glory. I'm a jewel in his crown. And this is the thing when I dug deep into myself and I said, I have a good heart. I love everybody. I'm a good person. I I don't wish anyone ill or bad. And I couldn't understand why I had to go through what I was going through, what put me in this state of a devastation in my bathroom where I couldn't let my children see me totally lose it. But I said those things. So that was my first imagery moment. But after that, after the divorce, instead of going to church on Sundays, I stayed home and I talked to God in the mirror. 
and I would ask God questions and he would give me answers. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. And one day it hit me. Oh my God, where did that come from? That didn't come from me. And I realized because I had asked God not to allow a prophet or a teacher or a minister to speak into my life because I didn't know who I could trust. And I asked him, I said, if I'm your daughter, I'm your favorite daughter, let's cut out the middleman. And you talk to me audibly, circumcise my ears so that I can hear your voice. And he did just that. And God ministered to me in the mirror. And to this day, I can, I'm not always in the mirror, but I walk around the house talking to myself because God (laughs) is talking through me all the time. And it's just, it's just absolutely phenomenal. It's and and some people look at me kind of like I'm in the twilight zone, but it's real for me. And I just wanted people with the imagery, I called it imagery, because as I was on that journey, I'm helping other people on their journey to knowing who they are. Absolutely. You can't look in the mirror and tell the truth to yourself about yourself. Then you're in trouble. Yes. It's very <laughs> hard to look in the mirror. Yeah. And speak life to yourself or lie to yourself, eyeball to eyeball with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, that's, that's where Imagery International started. Was that. Born. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're a catalyst for women. Our goal is to take away the, the negative narrative that women have taken in and ingested and, and believed all of their lives. I call them tattoos, psyche, uh, tattoos in their psyche, where they're lost and they don't know who they are. And we are, we are phenomenal works of God. And we are the glue that keeps it together. Mm. And if we don't take care of ourselves, the ripple effect of that pebble is not going to be very good. It's going to be right. a kind of ripple. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to affect everyone in our sphere. Yes. And we're witnessing that. You're going to either affect everyone negatively or positively. Yes. Yeah. The ripple can be negative or positive. Yeah. Negative or positive. You know, you talk about looking in the mirror. Look in the mirror at yourself. I feel like, you know, and maybe there's people out there that that have never had an identity crisis. Yay. I'm glad that you have it. But I just see it so much. And I think that even like the onset of social media has just exacerbated that. So as you were talking, I was thinking, looking in the mirror at yourself, don't look in the mirror at someone else's reflection. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be somebody else. I need to be the best version of me. This is how God made me. And he made me this way for a reason and for a purpose. So make sure that the mirror that you are looking in Mm -hmm. is you are the one that's reflected back, not what you're seeing on social media or what you're seeing in another, you know, Mm -hmm. another sister or this, you know, look at what they're doing in their life or, you know, I mean, I just, I think there's so much, so many lies you know, that really can enter in 
when we do that. I just, I love that, that, you know, whole analogy of the mirror. But, you know, I, gosh, I've got so much here that I want to talk about. And I know that we don't have a ton of time left, but <laughs> I got to ask you this. So, because I know that you are a high growth person. In fact, I think you, you know, you are John Maxwell certified coach, speaker, you know, that sort of thing. And so I know that like one of, you know, you talk a lot about the growth, you know, John has the irrefutable laws of growth and leadership, but I want you, I love this story, the story of the mother-in-law tongue <laughs> and the two parakeets. So, uh, you know, it's really about a conducive environment to grow, but I want you to tell our listeners the story real fast and then we'll move on to a couple more things before we wrap up here. Okay. Okay. Years ago, and this is something I didn't get the lesson in it. Maybe I did, but I didn't I didn't pay too close attention to it. But it came back to my remembrance uh, when I was writing something about growth. And I remember we lived in a in a split level condo kind of place. And a friend of mine gave me two parakeets and their name was Pete and Repeat. Love it. She got rid of the parakeets because her cat kept trying to get to the parakeets. Right. <laughs> and she wanted, so I got these parakeets and I put them in the kitchen and I realized that that wasn't going to be conducive for cooking because feathers, you know. And I had a mother-in-law's tongue that I had taken up in the living room area. I'd had it for years. I forget about it. I wouldn't water it. I didn't pay attention to it. But what I and I love plants, but I'm I don't have a green thumb. I'm not good mm -hmm. with them. So it has to be really hardy plants. Yes. So the mother-in-law's <laughs> tongue is pretty I can hardy. relate to that. <laughs> so the mother-in-law's tongue was in the living room, which is up two levels from the kitchen. And I had my son to take the parakeet, the cage, and everything up in the living room. And fast forward again, I'm nobody ever went in the living room. You know, and when I thought about it, I'd water the plant. If I didn't think about it, I didn't. So the poor thing was totally neglected. But it it was it was living. So when we put the birds in the proximity of the plant, a couple of weeks later, I started coming home and I kept smelling this fragrance. And at first I was thinking maybe it was some kind of lotion and one of the kids were using or something and didn't think much of it. And then it got stronger, almost to almost pungent like. And I was like, what is that? And so I decided to investigate and I went up in the living room and this mother-in-law's tongue was had these beautiful white blooms that blossoms. They were just beautiful. I never knew that they, that mother-in-law's tongue would blossom. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I hadn't, I hadn't watered it. <laughs> and the lesson in that, the birds in the proximity to plants, plants do respond to people talking to them. I remember my mother used to come home and she would say, hi, baby. And I'd run thinking she was talking to me. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to her plants, you know, <laughs> and those plants would just grow and grow and grow. And I said, oh, my God, this is from the birds. 
every morning they were up singing their song and the mm-hmm. other mom's tongue responded to the bird song. And that is mm. an indication what I learned from that when it came back to my remembrance about a year and a half ago was that even people who have not been in a conducive environment, even people who have not been given the tools they needed to grow and nurtured. Their, yeah, they haven't been nurtured and they haven't had the opportunity to spread their wings. They can still grow in the space that they're in. If you ride down Highway 44, uh, where those bluffs are, you will see trees coming up through the rocks. Yes. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Through stones, through stony ground, you see trees and vegetation even in the cracks, in the in the crannies of, of those things. But the mother-in-law's tongue, the story of that was to say that when you get in the right proximity of somebody that can help you get to the place that you need to go to, to lead you along the way, then you can rock your moxie still. Yeah. The mother-in-law's tongue taught me a valuable lesson like 25 years later after all of that had happened. Such an amazing story and such a wonderful metaphor for our life. And you know what? The thing is, if you feel stuck, mm-hmm. if you're not growing, then maybe you need to change your environment. Exactly. You know, exactly. maybe you need to change the people mm-hmm. that you're right. surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, there's, wow. I love all the lessons there. Well, you know, we're kind of running out of time here, but, but, you know, I want to dig in just a little bit to your book, Surface Deep, The Evolution of Me. It's a new book that's being released soon. It's at the press right now. I the press. But I was very fortunate to get a, a preview of the manuscript and have read quite a bit, but you know, I love it because you 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 have a. De- I always go to the dedication page and the acknowledgement page. So you know, you've got your son Andre, your si- you know your six gorgeous grandsons. You had a twenty two year old daughter that passed away, right? Uh, twenty years ago, was it, Lady E? Mm-hmm. I I would love. Maybe we'll need to do a part two because I just I know so many people in my own life right now that are dealing with grief. Yes, and. Um, I know that you've had experience with that and you're welcome to talk about whatever you would like to talk about there that might help somebody else and your husband, Austin. But then you talk about your nephew, Diego. (laughs) 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 Helping, you said, for helping me rock my moxie, you say grit, courage, and determination. And I know that's one of your keynotes so people can go and look up you know, on your website, you can give the URL at the end to look. You've got several keynote uh, speeches that you do. One is the Moxie, the five precepts to defying limits. Mm-hmm. Talk about imagery is another one. But what do you want to say about mo- rocking your Moxie? <laughs> well, I have to say this you have one life to live, you only have one. And tomorrow is not promised. And it's time to get up. Make up your mind and live your life, L-I-V-E, your life authentically, who you are to the core, who God called you to be from before the foundation of this world and do it unapologetically 
and authentically and walk in your purpose and not allow any person or any situation to keep you from living in your purpose. I call it rock your moxie because moxie is grit, determination. I have this determinate, I call it a dog determination that as long as I'm living every day, I'm going to be doing something towards being not not successful, but significant in my mm. life and in everything that I do and that it makes a difference and that I get to leave a legacy. You know, when I leave here, my body may be gone, but perhaps you'll have the book Surface Deep. Perhaps you'll have the coaching program, the five precepts to rocking your moxie, you know, to define limits. I'm leaving a legacy and how I what I teach and what I say to the women who come in my app, in my sphere of influence, giving them something that they can take and run with. So moxie is, is uh, grit, determination, and you know what? Confidence. So to, to be able to, to rock your moxie, you have to build your confidence. Right. And you have to, you have to, I call it debunk the junk. Those things that you were taught, and in the book it talks about how our senses, everything our senses have experienced, that's, that's been our experience. The things you saw, the things you heard, the things you tasted, the things you felt, the things you smelt. There's, there's significance in all of those things. Sometimes you just have to turn around and rewrite your story and say, mm. it's not my portion. Because everything in your life that you've been dealt I don't know that there's, there are people who have had wonderful, wonderful upbringings and their parents just totally catered to their needs and made sure they had everything they needed and wanted. And there's nothing, that's a wonderful thing. Taught them good values and unconditional love. Yes. You know, they had all of that. And I have come to know some people, they have letters and letters and letters behind their name and they are so empty. They don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a travesty. Knowing who you are, it blesses me to see on television sometime, they showed a man that was on Wall Street, working on Wall Street, making like mega, mega, mega millions a year. And he wasn't fulfilled. Life was good. He could buy anything he wanted. And he left it all to serve people. And he said he was so happy with his life, you know, and it takes moxie to do that. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. It takes moxie to it do that. Yes, it does. It takes a lot of courage. Well, that is just, I, I love it. I love it. I would encourage our listeners, be on the lookout for this book. You're going to want to get it. I mean, we just scratched the tip of the iceberg today. We just scratched the surface. I want to ask you, lady, this is called something extra. What do you believe is the something extra that every leader needs? I think every leader, first of all, needs heart above everything. Because if you don't lead with heart, if you lead with your title, then you're not being very impactful. Mm -hmm. but when you lead with heart, people come and be with you and be a part of what you're doing, 
with heart as well. People need to know that you care about them. Mm -hmm. I think a leader should, and I'm, I'm a John Maxwell fanatic. So me too. I've I, got almost every book. I think. <laughs> yes, I, I like he says, leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And if you're not influencing in a positive way, then your legacy is going to be tainted. You can mm -hmm. people can have a legacy that's good, and you can have a legacy that's bad. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's a dark side to everything. All the good, there are dark sides. And yes. influence, I always say, you can influence for mm -hmm. for good. Yeah. Make a positive difference. You know, you can have influence. I mean, we 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 can name leaders, yeah. you know, in history that, you know, did not leave a good legacy. That's right. That's right. And, and the last thing I will say, to be a river and not a reservoir. I love that. Yes. Don't hold it all in. Yes. Give it away. Yes. That's what I always say about something extra. Mm -hmm. Lady E, we were all given gifts. Yes. But they weren't meant for us. Mm -hmm. That's right. They were meant to share. Yes. So to make the world a better place. Well, tell us how our listeners can find you, give us your, your URL. What you? What are you most excited? When is this book launching? Do you know? The book, it will be available for order on September 7th on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Zulonpress.com. I have a website specifically for Surface Deep if you want a hardback cover, hardback or paperback, a physical book. You can go on that website now. That's surfacedeepbook.com, surfacedeepbook.com. And just put your information in and we will let you know when it's time, when you can order it. And I, the one you get from that website, I'll autograph that and send you a little bonus. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, I need one of those. Yes, yes. Oh, well, Lady E, this has been such a delight. I have absolutely loved having you on the show today. Thank you so much for making the time. I know that your words of wisdom, I know that it's going to impact people. So thank you so much for, you for making the time to be on something extra. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc. 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.